was a single mum on welfare. So you, you couldn't get it. more, more lower, lower ground than where I was. And I've turned this, this into a million dollar business now. So, and you know, that's, that's a story. Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Vegan Women Collective podcast. I'm your host, Rachel LaMarche, and I'm one of the co-founders of the Vegan Women Collective, an organization that highlights and supports the activism and entrepreneurship of vegan women through panels, workshops, and our very own podcast. Just before I introduce my guests, I want to quickly mention that we still have a few places available for our upcoming vision board and goal setting workshop on the 12th of January here in Melbourne. If you're interested in joining us or want more details, you can head to our website, which is veganwomencollective.com or our Instagram page, which is at veganwomencollective. Now, I'm excited to bring you this conversation with the vegan mother-daughter team behind Australia's favorite family business of the year, the Smoothie Bombs. Chinsia and Lana have an incredible journey filled with resilience and perseverance, and it was so inspiring to talk with them about the story behind the business, their growth, and how they have made their all-vegan and organic product an international sensation. I really hope you are inspired by their story. Let's get to it. Welcome, Chinzia and Lana. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. My first question is always, what's your journey into veganism? So did you, Chinzia, go vegan first? Or how did that kind of come about in, in, your, in your family and in your journey? So initially, I was vegetarian. So when I was pregnant with both my daughters, I was vegetarian. And so that was the... And really, I was vegetarian from... Probably from very young, but I was you know in an Italian family, and there was meat at the ta- table all the time. So I never liked it. It was really a matter of taste. I just never liked the idea of eating the texture of what meat was. I love vegetables. I always love them. So naturally, when I left home, I was vegetarian because that seemed very natural to me. Um, and I had had the kids, and so really, probably for the last thirty or so years, I was vegetarian. My kids grew up in that environment knowing that that's the way we ate. Um, and I think initially it was Nina, my eldest daughter, who who just uh, one day said, I'm, I've gone vegan. She was living in the US. She lives in the US. And she just said, I'm not, I'm not touching anything that comes from an animal. And we thought, oh, okay, that's, that's a high standard. We, sh- we should have a look at that. And um, I think you you followed suit pretty soon after because yeah. you watched. I watched Earthlings, and that I just cried. I forced myself to watch the whole thing. I cried the whole time, and after that, I'm like, I don't see meat as food anymore. It's just even like dairy, like dairy grosses me out. It before like I was eating it, but it was kind of still grossing me out. And then I watched the industry behind it, and I was like, no, nah, not doing it anymore. Not supporting that. Yeah, and I was I was the 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 slowest off the mark. I think I initially. Uh, you know, being Italian, I kind of really hung on to my to my t- kind of traditional foods, like the cheese and yeah. things like that. I was just like, how can I give that up? I wish someone can come up with something that's that that can replace that for me because that's such a big part of the way I eat. Not not so much the meat; it was more the the dairy side that I had trouble letting go of. But she made me watch Earthling. I literally watched ten minutes and then just went nah. She couldn't finish it. Can't yeah. can't watch it. I get it. Sure, fine. I'm not doing anymore. I'm not doing yeah. it. And and really my I didn't approach veganism from the activist. That was not where I started. I yep. started from actually the nutritional side of it. Because I really believe that eating plant based 
is better. Yeah. Like really from the research that I know and being, I'm, I'm a nutritionist. That's a great journey into that is the fact that you did your nutrition course once you already had your children. Is that correct? Yes. And so what motivated you into going into nutrition? See, I always loved it. I always loved the idea of nutrients and how they work in the body. I had a passion for that. So when I was, I was a single mum when the kids were young, so I, it was really hard to, to do much but just be in survival mode. I just worked jobs, just made things so I can pay rent. I had, like, at some point I had six jobs where I was just wow. j- juggling so I can pay the rent, put food on the table and all, all that stuff. The, the story that comes with being a single parent. And when they got old enough, when I was 42, I just thought, right, I'm, it's time for me to go and really look at what I love. And nutrition was always something there. So I was vegetarian when I went into that sort of field. And then I learned a lot about uh, what was re- really good. You know, we talk, when you do those courses, they do talk about protein a lot. So I get why everyone's obsessed about protein, you know, have protein, protein. But protein comes in lots of forms. And I learned that through this course as well. So it was like, I get why protein's important in the development of our uh, our systems, but it doesn't have to come from one source. One yeah. source, absolutely. So, you also learn about dairy as well, and the China study. This, I remember you coming home and telling me all about the China study and how yeah. dairy affects um, cultures that don't normally have that in their diet. Yeah, yeah, and so so that that da- dairy is actually a dirty kind of version of calcium. That there are better versions of calcium, like you know sesame seeds, that actually get get absorbed better. So, but we don't get told that because the dairy industry is so massive and they put so much money into into it to make it look like we've got to have, I mean, even on the back of my head, when I cut dairy out with the kids, like with, with Lana, I was like, oh my God, is she going to get enough calcium? That's because that's, that's the messaging that was put in, into me. It's just marketing. And I'm an older, I'm older. So, you know, I've had that messaging in me for a long time. Pushed in. Like you've got to have, you've got to have calcium. And so that comes from dairy and that's complete crap. Doesn't convert in the body to calcium as well as we think it does. It actually causes more us. problems and yeah. it's not made for us. Getting into uh, nutrition as a vegetarian, did you meet any pushback? Yeah. Oh, you know, a little but not not that much. I think we had some really good teachers that understood it. Some were very old-fashioned and was like, no, you got to have – and, you know, really a lot of the lecturers do talk about liver as being a really good source of something. They do always have the meat – options as the, as the main yeah. thing because they kind of that's the way the structure is and they've been government approved so they've got to have all those things there but funnily enough uh, quite a lot of us came out of those courses there's probably that I know about five girls that did the course with me that are all vegan um, naturopaths or nutritionists now that's fantastic. which is awesome yeah you know so it's it's kind of like we're armed. What they teach you, though, which is awesome, what I've learned, is how to do the research. So, cool. therefore, I can find my own bit of information. You know, there's not a lot, though, unfortunately, because it means people have to put money. It'd be great if we could create Start a... Start our own vegan you know, research company. Do some... Because, really, research comes from... from people that that pay to do it to get these things done a lot of the time companies a lot of it so you know but you can still find there's lots of great research you know about stuff that's that's unquestionably good for for you so you can find it and it's a lot of it's plant-based so and so being a nutritionist 
from what I read about your journey, that's kind of what brought you on to doing the Smoothie Bombs. Or how did that start? How did you start the Smoothie Bombs? Started how? with me. Yeah. Was- I'm a problem. <laughs> I'm a big problem in mum's world. <laughs> my eating habits. My eating habits were. Because I'm actually, when I was a kid, I was iron deficient as well. And I wasn't eating a lot. And mum was like pulling her hair out. How can I help my kid? My problem. Fussy child. Yeah. Uh, she was probably the highest meat eater. But I had low when iron. She, she had the lowest iron. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like when I was pregnant, being vegetarian, my iron. My doctor was saying to me, "Wow, your iron's fine." I'm like, "Yeah, because I eat everything. Yeah. I eat a variety of vegetables. I eat a lot of grains. Tahini. I eat a lot of. I eat my my diet was great because I'd kind of done my research in anyway before I became a nutritionist. That was my passion, of course. But she, when she became, you know. Uh, 10, 12, her her iron was bad and she was eating meat. Fair enough. Yeah, so it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't yeah. doing anything to her. How's your iron now? My iron's fine. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you just wouldn't have breakfast? Is that breakfast, what's... lunch. I would have a loaf of bread for dinner. Like, I was just a really bad eater. Like, I just had, yeah. Sugar driven. Sugar, yeah. So how did you go about deciding smoothies is what she's going to have and I'm gonna create some kind of recipe to me that's just such an interesting approach to that issue yeah well you see I knew that she would have something that looked like a chocolate milkshake it was like that's how it, the initial one looked like it was like a chocolate milkshake but inside I was putting you know chia seeds and the vi- vital, vital greens. greens which had like all this extra stuff in it and I was putting in the co- coconut husk. and psyllium husk. I was putting this stuff in a ball and I was creating it for her to just not really know what I was doing. I just thought if I'd make <laughs> her a really delicious smoothie with banana and stuff in it, she'll just drink it on the way to school. But initially initially you were measuring them in one by one and you had yeah. a busy life, you are working heaps of jobs still, you were studying to be a nutritionist, you couldn't yeah. make my smoothie. I mean, I'm, I was... I was an idiot because I really should have done it myself. But I was like, I would wake up late, I would run to school, my hair would be unbrushed, like I was just a mess. Yeah. So you didn't have time to measure out all these things, so you thought pre-portion it because it's just easier. Yeah. And she was struggling at school as well. So and and I was just going, well, she's not eating. She's not eating breakfast. She's not eating lunch. I'd make her lunch, and it'd come (laughs) back home in her bag. I had a real dilemma with her, and I'm like, how do I get? that brain to work I know it's in there I need to get her to get some nutrients in there to, to boost her up so it initially started with this concept of having a chocolate milkshake and I'd be putting it all in and then I was like how can I make this easier and really I started to create this ball now that was before like if you look in stores now there's a million like bliss, bliss balls. balls and things around that was before those things were around it wasn't yeah. like I was going oh there's that it was really otherwise you would have just put that in a smoothie yeah it was before all that. So I started to make them and and it, it took off. She was using them. She liked them. When you have breakfast as well, you're hungry for lunch. Like if you skip breakfast, you're not hungry for lunch either. But as soon as you start eating breakfast, you start eating lunch and you start eating dinner. Like it gets routine. That's right. And there's also research saying that if you eat, you know, if you start up your metabolism early, then it will work better. You know, there's a lot of research saying that kids that skip breakfast and lunch in their adulthood will be more likely to be overweight because okay. their metabolism is affected by the way they started when they were, when they were young. Hmm. So there's a bit of that sort of like how you – and everyone's got their own. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of information there, but that, that how your metabolism works can be connected to how you're, you're eating as well. 
I had a few friends that had cafes, so I was telling them about how I did this, and um, they were like, "Gee, that sounds like a good idea. Can you make us some?" Like two two d- different people yeah. were like, "Can we?" Because cafe owners have their staff that you know they're busy, they're not measuring out all this, and they're making they're making smoothies like that as well. So I started to make what initially it was called nutrition bomb. I had this one flavour. I thought it's a nutrition bomb that you put in. And so I made it for these cafes and they started using them. And they were like, these are really good. Can you come up with a couple of other flavours? I'm like, okay, I can do that. (laughs) That's a cool little challenge. Yeah, Yeah, I'll do that. that And we did some pretty funny ones. Like I did did a kale one where I literally bought bought kale. Kale's kale's good. (laughs) And I bought a a bunch Um. of kale and then I roasted them. I put it in the oven and then I blended it. When it was dry, I blended it in the blender so it was it was kind of it became and then really did it, yeah, powdery. And it was disgusting. Tasted like grass. It was really it gross. was really bad. I'm like, okay, that's not the right thing to do. But we eventually, you know, then I I, I sort of thought oh, spirulina is good. Let's put spirulina. In that's in. good for vitamin B. And A lot of them were based on me as well. Like the the first flavor had uh, blackstrap molasses in it, which is good for iron because I was low in iron. So we're like, cool, that'll be the first one. The second one's good for vitamin B. People don't get a lot of that. Yeah. So we kind of, all the the flavours got developed. We kind of, really it was because we were being asked to make them. And then, you know, by, and then by, I'd had, I think within six months, I had six flavours out. I did special ones for certain stores. Like I know, yeah. I think initially for the staple store in um, Glen Ira, we did a, a a flavour specifically for them. Yeah, was, what was it? It was really nice. It was like, it was, it was it was like, like oat and lavender. It. We have so many flavours that we haven't released Lavender. Yet. Lavender. Yeah. It, was be- it was a nighttime bomb. Oh, crazy. That so, And amazing. I've never done anything yeah. with that. I should actually <laughs> Watch your do space. something about it. Um, so that was – so I started kind of doing things like that and then I had people say to me, these are great. Where can we buy them? I'm like, oh. You can buy them off me from little containers. Yeah. Like, I can so, make some for you. Yeah, we'll yeah. hand we'll hand we'll hand rolling these in our kitchen. Like. We were, and we started making them for. I started making them for friends and family, and they were paying me for it. So I got I got paid for them. I'm just going. Oh, this, this is, is a nice good. side hustle. This yeah. is good. Um, and I was working as a nutritionist, so even some of my clients that were coming in to see me, I'd suggest them that they should give these a go. I'd give them for free for first, and then they'd go. Um, when we have more, I'm like, yep, okay. So we got to the point where. It was growing out of our kitchen space, and I had a friend of mine who had a um, pub, a pub that their their staff weren't turning up till two. So she said, "You can use my space from from eight till to one thirty. So we went in there. So we kind of it eventually grew, and then it was like, "I've got to turn this into a, a product that's like a real business, yes. a business." Yeah. And I had no idea initially how <laughs> to do that. So. We but, were just going, honestly, I don't even think, there's, there's no business plan. Like, we were just going, like, oh, this is working. People are buying these. Like, let's try and upscale. Maybe maybe we can make more of them. Maybe we should get some staff in to make them. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, let's make this huge business that we're going to save the world. It wasn't the initial. It's like, let's, people are wanting these things. Let's just keep making them for Let's them. just keep making them. But, Lana, how old were you when you, because it seems like you were pretty young when the process started. How did you one be like, oh, I will also help hand roll the bombs, <laughs> and then being like, 
We didn't have a business plan. How old would you have been by then? Uh, 14, maybe. I actually really didn't enjoy school. Like, I was just really bored at school, so I'd often skip school. <laughs> Mum, I've got a day off today. I'll come in and help you. And then, yeah, so I'd come in and roll the balls with her, and then I turned 17, and I'm like, Mum, I'm not okay at school. I'm bored. I'm not doing things I enjoy. I'm not learning things that are for the real world. I'm seeing you do all this amazing stuff with smoothie bombs. I want to be a part of it. And so she was like... No. <laughs> so she was it like, took a lot no. of <laughs> It took a lot of convincing. Yeah. But eventually she said, all right, well, you're going to do it and you're going to be responsible and you're going to be accountable. Come and help me with this business. Yeah, I said, if you're going to drop out out of school, you're not going to stay in bed and do nothing. You're either going to go out and get a job or you come and work for me. And working for me means we have to, you have to have some structure. So I did both. I had yeah. a job, I had a part-time job initially and then I was yeah. like too busy with our business that so. I full-time for about four years yeah yeah that's fantastic so do you have set roles now yeah, or not yes. really you just kind of split we the work do or? like I don't we have do certain much, areas that we yeah we I don't do take. online stuff at all like Lana definitely does the online stuff I do I take the photos on Instagram all those photos are me predominantly yeah um and like Lana, all of your product shots like yeah that's all, product. all yeah. me yeah, that's cool. all me and Lana does all the interaction and does all the marketing the, the marketing and also deal does all the customer, the service. customer service does all the mail outs she's responsible <laughs> for online completely and I'm more responsible for wholesale the back end. Yeah. okay and the accounts and the you know all the kind of keeping things in order and ordering the And the, the big, big ideas and, and the vision of the business. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's a really great segue into the vision of the business. So you started in Australia. At first, I'm sure you started in Melbourne. Yes. Then you grew. How did you grow? Like how you're – because now – you're in the US. We're in seven countries. You're in seven countries. It's okay, walk me through <laughs> walk yeah. me through your growth. Yeah. So Social Okay, media. so we went we did go so from being that concept and it building, then I had the idea about putting them in a tube because I thought that was always a vision. I didn't think I can afford to do it because it was like, how am I going to get that done? But we got through it. That was crazy, but we got through that process. And then we really started working on the social media side. I think our brand wouldn't be nowhere yeah. as big as it is without our social Thanks media Thanks to a platform. friend. I was in like year eight in high school and I had a friend that's like, oh, have you seen this, this app? It's called Instagram. I thought it was so cool. I actually first started off with a food thing. I was taking photos of all my food that I was doing and I was getting like a thousand likes per post because it had just like come out on Instagram and it was really cool. And I was like, oh, smoothie ones could be good on here. Maybe I'll start posting photos of smoothies because you were doing heaps of smoothies and you were recommending them to your clients and we were using the smoothie bombs. Yeah. And so we just started up a little Instagram account and it took off basically because it was the right time, right place. Yeah. yeah. And so we kind of, we focused a lot on, on that. And through that, we got people contacting us. Like, you know, we had a Big national companies. distributor contact us. We had bigger, you know, Australian companies contact us. Hey, we love what you've, you're doing. Can Do you supply wholesale? So that grew. It really, to be honest, we never actively went out to find things. We they still don't really. all came to us. Even um, our first, uh, when we got into the US, we literally... We were. I. I was. Uh, I'm. A, I'm a chronic insomniac. Mind by the way. I just. I'm not very good at sleeping. So I kind of. I'm awake a lot of the time. And we got this email at 
two in the morning from Anthropology in the US, which is my favorite store. I'm like, why are they contacting me? And it was them, one of their buyers saying, hey, we really love your product. We'd like to bring bring it in. And I was like, oh, my God. She you woke know, me up. Yeah, it was like, Lana, <laughs> Anthropology. Just oh, my like, God. She <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we got in, you know, they basically contacted us. And really, it's because they were seeing us on the social media platforms. That's how they find us. They sort of look for us in that where and then the countries we're in are New Zealand. Okay. So they literally contacted us. We've had a lot of people, a lot of distributors there kind of call us and try and work things out. So we eventually found one and we're we're there. We're in Tahiti. Cool. Which is very exciting. We should do a world tour. Yes. We should do. visit all the different countries. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, Tahiti, the Bahamas in a in a, a organic like retailer there, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Vanuatu. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, we're Singapore. in Singapore recently. We're in a supermarket chain the there, which is chain the there. biggest supermarket yeah. chain, which is really exciting. I was there, really I was cool. there, just doing, just meeting the whole team there, which is amazing, and that's uh, very exciting stuff. We're in Bahrain in a big supermarket yeah. chain there, which is that was random. We just got an email saying, "Hi, we'd like to order six pallets." And we're like, "Okay, yeah." Sure. And, and actually in Malaysia, we've got another distributor. Like we've got a lot of stuff going on. And really it's Lana and I running the whole show. That's fantastic. <laughs> Which is amazing. And, I, and behind all of this, I'm trying to learn how to be a businesswoman. Because I, wasn't I, never, plan. I yeah. never entered it being a businesswoman. We just love food and nutrition. But I've discovered that I love business. I just had no idea that I loved right. it. So now I'm like reading every book possible. I'm listening to all the podcasts. I'm discovering all this stuff about um, how to run business, which is all very new to me because I don't come from corporate. Like a lot of people that start businesses on the side have gone through a corporate channel. They kind of worked in a a situation where they've had managers, they've had that whole lifestyle of, you know, whereas I'm rock and roll. I've come from a rock and roll background. I've never worked in a in a position where there's where there's real paid structure. Leave. I've never I've never worked where salary. I've had paid or salary. I've always done things get paid for what you do and that's it. So really the whole structure of business has never been something that I understood. So I'm having to learn all about it. What's the hardest thing about operating overseas? So being an Australian business and as you decide to expand the business, how do you meet those challenges of, I'm sure in the US there's some something like the FDI that you oh, have yeah. to go through the p- process of being tested. I'm sure that happens for other countries. Like, do you just meet those challenges head on or how does that kind of go about? Yeah. We're we- lucky to have big companies that want us in, like it's not just small stores, they're big stores. So it's worthwhile for us to go through that whole process. They've got procedures in place too, but... Um, for example, America was a big deal. We had to change the, our tube, our packaging to get into them. And we're only bringing in four flavors so far to them. So I had to do new packaging. I had FDA, have to had to check all my labeling, make sure everything I was bringing in was fine. Um, we had, yeah, there's a lot of processes. And that, you know, I'm certified organic. So our product, the smoothie bombs are, are certified organic. They're uh, zero waste, so we've got compostable packaging. Um, we're preservative free, preserve, and we're vegan, of course, and we've got we're gluten free. We try and really encompass everyone, everything, everything yeah. we can, you know, because we want it to be great for a lot of people. Um, 
And so going through that whole process is they pick certain things out. Like there's certain, I know certain countries are really picky about psyllium husk. It's like, why? That's really good for you. But, you know, yet, any... yet, they, yet they allow Coke. Yeah, like, Coca-Cola I don't get that. fine. <laughs> I don't get that. You, you're going to pick on, on you know, a an fiber, ingredient. A natural fibre. A yeah. natural ingredient that's got, that's organic. Yeah. But you're going to allow Coke into your country. It's probably because like, it's where's been the logic there to that? for so long yeah. that they like, don't even think about it. That is killing it. people. Yeah. Like, you know, soft drinks are really bad. It's the long-term damage of what they do to you are massive. Yeah. But, no, they're, they're okay because there's a lot of money in that. <laughs> oh, definitely. How has veganism... Or being a vegan empowered you as a woman, both of you? We, it's interesting. With this business, we are very openly vegan, but we don't push it as a main thing because we want people not to be kind of deterred. We want not to go, oh, because, you know, people have this really crazy view that if it's vegan, it's going to have no taste, which is insane. You know, I constantly try and promote, even on my... Um, my own Instagram, because I've got Nutrition Darling, which is my Instagram, and I try and make all the food I make or what I post up look incredibly delicious. So um, I have that kind of feeling, that challenge of just going, this is how awesome being vegan is. That's what I, but I'm, I'm also trying not to shove it down people's throat. It's just like, this is what I do. This is, do you like what, what I do? That's like, we had pe people around for dinner recently and I made this great kind of meal and, and we didn't say anything. I always trick them. You know, and we just made it. By the way, then, that sausage is vegan. Yeah. And then, you know, when they said, oh, that was so great. I said, you know that everything you ate was vegan. Like, really? Like, they don't even, I'm not a big kind of like, this is what I am. This is what, what I do. Fair I just enough. kind of, to me, it's just like, just, just be it. I'm and kind then, of the opposite. Like on my social media, I'm like, vegan cheesecake, vegan, like I just yeah. say it every time. Just, yeah. I think because for my age group, it's cool or it's socially acceptable to be vegan. And I follow lots of activists on Instagram that are my age. But for people your age, it's kind of like, I mean, I still get teased. Like, I still like, oh, there's the vegan. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm cool. I'm actually like doing things that I believe in. Yeah. But for... I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning a bit. Like I've got, at the moment, I'm starting to kind of learn how to say, how to respond to um, some of the reactions I get because I've got a lot of Italian friends and they just roll their eyes like what is wrong with you how could you you know god like what are you doing yeah what are you eating do you, do you not know what food is like you're Italian like even your mum's like my what, mom what is do you eat to, every you week know? she's like what do, what you, do eat? you eat like what what are you eating and I you know now I've learnt a really great little uh, retort it's like there are 20,000 plant-based foods 20,000 there are eight meat options. Yeah. Like, don't ask me what I eat. Yeah. Because there are 20,000 things that I, I can eat. But the other thing is that the, the way they make meat taste nice is using spices and vegetables. That's what makes them have those meals. Like, you can have the whole meal and not have the meat and still have the exact same taste. Yeah. Like, it's the smoked, you know, and people, you can buy smoked, like, flavours and chuck it on your veggies and it tastes exactly the same. Oh, and we've come smoke. such yeah. a long way. Things taste amazing. Like, I just don't, that closed-mindedness. So now, really, with the, the Italians that I talk to, what I want to try and do is probe them a little bit more, like, what is it about you that needs to say that to me like why like I'm 
But say, it I want to find, I want to find ways to not be offensive. Like, just go. What is it about you that makes you feel that you need to be concerned about the way I I eat? Yeah, I think it's also difficult because as a vegan, like I'm more, I'm more like Lana. Like I think I'm a little bit in your face. Like I, obviously, I co-founded a collective to, to yes, highlight absolutely <laughs> highlight the work of vegan women. Recently, I was at dinner and someone said because people were ordering non-vegan food and then I was ordering my vegan food and and I was like, you know, I'm used to it. Like it's fine. Like yeah, don't I'm don't not, worry no about me. I'll be fine. And then someone said, you know, it's your cross to bear. And I was like. It's my pride and joy, actually. Yeah, like it's this is not... something I really love about um, myself. I feel, I feel a little bit more evolved, actually. Well, I feel like <laughs> at least it allows us to make educated decisions. You know, you're woke. Yeah, you're, you, <laughs> yeah. You've got at least yeah. like a handle on. I've woke. tried. Yeah, I've yeah. actually like tried to educate myself on what I'm doing. Yeah. Do you yourself do any more activism maybe than your mom, or are you? I don't, but I follow a lot of people on Instagram, and I'm feeling that like I've. I've been vegan for a while now, but like I've, it's always kind of been about I like I love animals, and that's kind of where it came from me. And the animal industry kind of really distressed me, and now I'm seeing heaps of people my age going into actual activism and going to um, sanctuaries and taking care of them, and going into the workplaces and like freeing these animals. And I'm like, I actually want to do that. Like I think it's progressed over the while because at first, like I don't feel like that's my character. I'm not really like a loud person that's going to go out and go, you know, you're killing animals, whatever. Um, but I'm feeling that that's kind of coming into me now that I I want to do that. That's great. It's it, I feel like there's different ways to be an activist. And one of mm. the ways that we're trying to do it with the collective is more, you know, there's the people that, that are at the beginning of that process. And I mean, they're invaluable. They're amazing. The ones that educate people that are not vegan to kind of go vegan and move across. Um, I feel our role is more to be there and welcome people and say, you're not going to be alone once you make the switch. We are here as an organization. We support what you. you do. We believe in you. We want you to yeah, be empowered. Absolutely. You're a part of a community here. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely. Because there's stigma still against being vegan as well. So it's that. There is, but you know that that will go. It will go. It, there was stigma when I was a, a vegetarian. Now no one thinks twice about a vegetarian. Yeah. Like now there's no real thing about them we've they've just kind of like they're they're on they've got no uh pick they're not getting picked on yeah no they're not <laughs> so it's now Everyone's like oh you're the you're probably the best one because you're not an extremist and... yeah it's like oh please <laughs> i'm not an extremist i just want to love animals exactly. and it's just like i think i think one day they will all look back and just go i can't believe we did that i i know it's they like will smoking. because really it just doesn't make sense now once you you see it you can't unsee it so there's not way that you could go back and go, I'm going to start doing this. I just think with the generation that I'm dealing with, you can't bang them on the head with it. They will just not listen. So it's better that you kind of stand. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, they say what they do and I'm just go, yeah, look, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm a nutritionist. So you can, you can think that I'm stupid, but I actually know what I'm doing. I've done my research. I'm not pulling this out of the hat. I've, I know what I, what I want and why I've made this choice. So what's in the future for the Smitty Bums? Like how do you foresee the business growing? If you can give us kind of an, a little Hints. bit of an insight. Yeah. yeah. We've, got, we've got some more flavours coming out. We've got, uh, we're looking at a couple of other new ranges, new ranges that we're put, putting out to make it easier. See, again, we, I've made a product that anyone can have and they're, they're kind of choosing vegan without even knowing. 
I mean, all it our recipes, all our recipes, we say uh, rice milk, all, almond they're milk. They're all vegan. We've got, a lot of we non-vegans never... use those recipes and, and buy the milks. It's yeah, great. yeah, absolutely. Because we, when someone, if they write to us and go, oh, you know, we got cow's milk. We're like we've we've never d- done it with cow's milk. We think it's a bit a bit too. The taste isn't right. I, I'd suggest you try oat milk instead. Or we actually tell them to go the other way because we think. I mean, I've got no idea what the, what my smoothie bombs would taste like with cow's milk. What's the most nutritious plant-based milk, in your opinion? Hemp. Hemp milk? Okay. Yeah. I love I hemp milk. I actually made it. Remember that time I made it? It's really easy to make. Um, there, when we used to, because we go to the US a lot because my daughter lives there. So the, my oldest daughter. And uh, we, whenever we go there, we go to Whole Foods and we always, I always get my, my litres of, uh, of hemp milk, which I love and because it's got it's a good protein base, so that's why we we drink that a lot. But here we haven't had hemp milk for a while, so we haven't we it's only just been available. So and it doesn't taste the same the one that's here. The one okay. in the US is nicer. But I made it. All I did was well, I you think can make it. I added like half a cup of hemp seeds and like a cup or two cups of water in the blender and just blended it, and it was done. It was like and like I we drank it. Just regular hemp seed that you can buy. Yeah, regular hemp. We seeds. do. We use a lot of hemp seed on everything. Actually, it's one of my favorite ingredients. And we've got a we've got a hemp flavor. We've got a vanilla hemp flavor smoothie bomb as well. We've got new. We have got a lot of new uh, things coming along. We always listen to the customer and see what they like. I've got to say, like a lot of our customers aren't ve- vegan. Like we, a lot of them are mums. Yeah. Like we have a um, we have a percentage of our community that that is, but it's mums. But I love that because it just means they're 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 doing it without even realizing. You know, it's it's bringing them some good, and they they we're also making because like it's all over the packaging. Anyone that follows me can see it. So we're kind of going. This is this is normal. Yeah. And even if it's just they're starting with that breakfast being vegan, that's great. Awesome. It's one they, meal out of the one three. Meal. That's just yeah. Tick. Now we get yeah. now we get some lunch options and we'll do some yeah. dinner options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of new products, our whole thing is about convenient nutrition. Like that's the whole thing about smoothie bombs. It's that you don't have to think or measure out those things. So that's kind of our new lines that we're coming out, going to be even more convenient and still healthy and still vegan. Yeah, because we are definitely driven, I mean, because of me, the health side is really strong. I'm not, I'm not a, um, I couldn't, I don't kind of promote unhealthy stuff because of the, the, where, where I stand. So it has to be something that is going to bring the most nutrition because, you know, you can be, you've got to be very careful. If you're, if you've just converted to ve- veganism and you're just eating all the, the things cheese, that are, that are fake, fake that are like what you used, used to eat, delicious. you are, you are going to get sick. Yeah. And then they're going, oh, ve- vegan doesn't work. No, no, what you've done doesn't work. Veganism does work. Eating a vegan diet does work. But you have to eat real food. Yeah. If you're going to constantly eat the stuff that's deep fried, or you, you know, you, it's just not. You're gonna, you're gonna feel not as good as you, you should. Yeah, that's unhealthy whether you're vegan or not. Exactly. That's right. Like that's know. right. Because yeah. um, you spoke about convenience. So, what made you decide to go for recyclable and compostable packaging, and how hard was that? We had we've a, always um, wanted to. Yeah, we've wanted it. It's been on the back of our mind right from the start and we tried to work out how to create the packaging that works. So the, the tube's cardboard, so that was okay. But the inside was originally plastic wrappers. And we use them every day and we were thinking, all this plastic, where is it going? We're, we're selling this product to seven different countries. All these people are having a tube's got five balls in it. 
like where's that plastic going to? And it's not gonna like it was thin, but it's still not gonna break down for a long time. Yeah, and that really concerned it did us. Bother us, and so we did do a bit of research of where we could find the right sort of packaging. You know, we looked at options whether we did a a full one seal or how. You know, and it just di- it didn't quite work. And then I found this this film that's compostable. That's um, home compostable as well. So it doesn't need because a lot of people have to actually give it to loving centers. earth. Lo- loving earth were you using one? And I thought so. It, it exists, so I've got to find it. Um, and we started doing some tests with that and it was working. And then we, yeah, we've gone down that path. We'd love to do more. Like we, we'd, we'd love to find out how else we can do. For sure. I mean, we've got other options. So now we've got um, these produce bags that are organic cotton. So when you want to buy a bulk version of ours, we put them in those and you don't get the, the, the tubes. So you can get a bulk lot and the, then the bag the produce bag is reusable. So when you go to the supermarket, you can use them and and stuff like that. So we're always looking at ways to improve improve that aspect of our brand because we are strong on the The zero waste as well. I think it's all a big part of the veganism thing as well. It's ruining, like, animal agriculture is ruining our environment. Yeah, it's all linked in. We want to take care of the environment and people and then save them time. So... Yeah, everything. Yeah. We want to save the you world. Want it. You just want to make the world all. a better place. But I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense to bring it back to other other discussions within the vegan community, like fashion, where people want to buy products that are vegan um, because they want whatever they wear to be aligned with their values. But if you buy something that's not a plant based fiber like you buy stuff that's polyester um that breaks down and creates microfiber and then that's right how far do you go yeah as as people evolve and as our world kind of delves into all of those portions of things that affect our environment that's how people will grow and potentially change their perspective but i completely understand what you're saying with we're creating a vegan product, so we don't want to be polluting with yeah, plastic. For sure, we have an ethical. I think all we're, companies we have, have a responsibility. Ethical obligation. We are a, yeah. a, a manufacturer of a product, and we're dealing with consumerism, and and that's a destructive process. So you got to find how do we how do we do that in the best possible way, and and do good in a way that because we it's our responsibility. For sure. Definitely. What's your dream for the for the business now? Like, as in, after all of this, and now becoming a successful is my perception. Very successful businesswoman and having kind of a family run business. Where do you want to bring it? What's the world I mean, domination? World, world domination. domination. <laughs> cool. No, I've got a couple of things. I've got a couple of plans. I really want to get into the U.S. market properly, like the next few steps. I think the next five years I want to... Mainstream. I want to get into California especially. Yeah, Whole you know, Foods. There, or... are, there are 60 million people just in California. Like I'd like to get in into the U.S. better than where I am now. I've got my foot in. So that's definitely one of the challenges. I'm writing a business book at the moment, so I want to get that out. I've got a I've got a plan. It's got to be done within the next couple of months, really. I've written probably a third of it, but I'm not far off doing completing that, because really, ultimately, because I love talking, and ultimately, I want to set up the business to be self sufficient, get a good team and running it, and me kind of being involved, but also going out and talking to people about what it's like to start businesses, how for women I in can, business. For women in business, totally. Also, you know, I 
I was a single mum on welfare. So you, you couldn't get it, more, more lower, lower ground than where I was. And I've turned this, this into a million-dollar business now. So, and, you know, that's, that's a story. And, it is. It's and an it's incredible story. And it's also telling people, hey, I'm, I did it. You can do it. And that's what I want to try and get out there and get more women because there are an incredible amount of women out there that have great ideas that just don't have that, that feeling that they can do it because maybe they've been told all their life by people around them that, oh, no, that's not good. And, you know, the amount of times that people have said to me, oh, this is, this is not going to work. Or even once it's worked, when I've gone to another level, they've gone, oh, no, that's not good. And, you know, I've had people, when, when anthropology contacted me and said, um, we'd like your stuff, I, I, I literally had people say to me, oh, you know, don't, don't do it. It's going to be too hard. Like, are you kidding me? What, do you want me to say no to this opportunity? I know that my plan to go to the US was in five years, but it's happened now. I'm doing it. So I, I've always... I've always thought say yes. And in and fact, go. it's our closest friends that are the most judgmental that are like, yeah. you know, are you sure? Like, you know, is it, you know you're still working? You Like you're still doing this thing? Like, yeah, we've just won three awards. We're going overseas in seven countries. Yeah, it's working. The product's good, but they don't buy it. Yeah. It's incredible. So there is a lot of like what my messaging is to try and help those women out there that are have got these great ideas that maybe alone. have they feel alone and maybe have been told by everyone around them that it's not going to work. And you know that what they can't make it work. That they can't make it work. And you know what I, I don't know I know you listen to a lots of podcasts and if you listen to a lot of these big brands and how the you know multi-billion dollar brands now listen to their initial story a lot of them were told this is never going to work no one believes in them yeah you know so i want to be out there going hey look at me i i i was counting my coins to pay rent and and i've done it it's a lot of hard work don't get me wrong <laughs> it's insanely hard but if you've got that drive and really the one lesson that i think you can pass on to anyone that wants to start a business is just to stick to it, to stay on it. Change, iterate, absolutely. Don't stay the same because that's not going to work. listen to feedback. But just stay on that that track, you know, stay on, keep, persistence is what is going to get you through business, not, you know. We've had a lot of hard times. So many hard times. So many times where we're sitting in the corner with our head down just going, how are we going to get past this? Yeah. How are we going to get past this? And and then a week later, we get a, an email from a company that puts in a $20,000 order. I'm like, well, that's how we're going to get past this. You know <laughs> what I mean? fantastic. So there's, it's constant. Just don't give up. And it sounds so cliche, but like you just can't give up. You got to keep, if you believe in it and you're, you're building something, just keep going because eventually it's going to be successful. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the perseverance that makes it successful because eventually you're iterating so many times that you're adjusting to exactly where you've got, got to be and, and the world will catch up because really with, my, with, with the product, with the smoothie bombs, people didn't get it. They don't get it. They just they look at it and they go, what do you do with it? It's like, Especially eight years ago. Hey, no one got it. They were like, what do you do with that? And what, now you put it inside. Yeah, we go to markets now, and people I can see that they're, they're telling their friends, "Oh, those are smoothie bomb things." So you you add it to your you know add it to your fruit and you blend it, and it's awesome. I'm I'm hearing them going, "People understand." We spent so the much time times. doing the education to yeah. what the product was. It was it was that was a lot of work, and it still is to some extent yeah. finding the right way to explain it. 
but you know, you find that that's that's why you just got to keep going. Eventually, the the the, the, the market will the market will catch up. If you're doing stuff that's innovative, things that are new, that you've got an idea that isn't out there, you you've just got to have the patience to stick to it and keep going. That was Cinzia Cutolino and Lana Hooper from the Smoothie Bombs. If you have a business idea or have been slowly but surely working on your own small business, I hope this has empowered you to keep going and believe in yourself. It is such an honor for me to be able to bring you the stories of vegan women that are doing great things, and I'm so humbled by the following and positive responses that we've received so far. If you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe to our show, rate us, and tell all of your vegan friends. The Vegan Women Collective podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced by myself, Rachel LaMarche. We're a few days away from ringing in 2019, so I wish you a fantastic new year, and I can't wait to bring you more inspirational vegan women stories. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you soon.